But that's my whole thing. Like you now, you have to pick and choose on what you're going to do, who you're going to represent. That's Dan Hoover of Atco Brewing Company. Welcome to Over Beers, a craft beer conversation podcast. My name is Freddie Clark. It's been quite a week. It's Saturday morning, September 29th, and this week, New Jersey's Division of Alcoholic Beverage Control announced new regulations for the craft beer breweries in the state. In the document, some new regulations were laid out and some earlier regulations were clarified. Among them, breweries can now hold 25 special events per year, such as paint and sip nights, trivia nights, yoga, live televised sporting events, and live music nights. Breweries have 12 special permits a year to sell products off the brewery premises, such as festivals, athletic events, and other civic events. Breweries are limited to 52 private parties, birthdays, weddings, anniversaries, and such. They must electronically notify the ABC 10 days prior to holding the event. Breweries cannot coordinate with food trucks or keep local restaurant menus on hand. And breweries can now give away or sell snacks such as pretzels and chips. Now, since their release earlier this week, there's been a great deal of discussion around these rules and what they're going to mean to breweries and their impact to their customers. To say there is not a consensus on their impact, even among the breweries, that's an understatement. I wanted to get input from as many people as I could to get an understanding of the rules and what they're going to mean. In a few moments, you're going to hear from three brewery owners, Chuck Garrity of Death of the Fox Brewing Company, Megan Myers of Human Village Brewing, and Dan Hoover of Atco Brewing Company. Last night, we sat down in the tap room of Death of the Fox in Clarksboro. And as you'll see, they have very certain opinions of the impacts of these rules. I also reached out to other breweries via email to get their opinions, and we're going to talk about their input a little bit after this interview. So right now, here's my discussion with Dan, Megan, and Chuck over beers. So there's so nothing happened this week, huh? Not nah, nothing at all. Pretty quiet, quiet week. week. Very, Very boring. boring. Yeah. Very incredibly. Naps. Roll, rolling here and there. Yeah. You know, other than that. All right, we've got Chuck and Megan and Dan and. I thought this took everybody by surprise. No. The announcement, but I found out it did not, which is more surprising. I didn't think there was that much planning involved with this initially, and that much conversation, at least from some brewery people, but it seems like there truly was. Well, so I'll start. This is Chuck. So, so basically, we knew that something was coming. Mm-hmm. We didn't know exactly what. Okay. Um, you know, we knew that our trade organizations, and I say organizations because you know we all belong to the uh, New Jersey Craft Brewers uh, Association, uh, but the the guild, which of course there was a split earlier in the year, um, they were at the table as well. Um, certain board members from the association were at the board, uh, at, at the table, and basically we knew something was coming. And there was a lot of okay, well, they might do this and they might do that. Okay. However, we had no idea of the amount of detail and uh, certain things that were in that special ruling. We were caught completely blindsided. Well, so we knew pages. that right. something was going down the pipe soon. Yeah, okay. That's what we knew. So it was 12 pages or so, right? 16. 16, 16 okay. pages. 16 pages. And, it, and to your point, it did get very detailed on some, what, especially what I thought, some ridiculous points. And, and we'll start with the small one first. Menus. That part, I could not, that made no sense to me. Just because, and, and having talked to a lot of breweries, you guys are not soliciting menus. You're not going out and, and saying, hey, give me your menus. Rest local restaurants are bringing them into you. 
and you're just keeping them in the pile for people when they need it. Well, in the age of the cell phone, I mean, when you look, really when you want to examine a law, the question that you always want to come back to is this arbitrary and capricious, does it solve a problem? Mm -hmm. And so, especially in the age of the smartphone, how arbitrary is it to eliminate paper menus? Right. Where does it stop? Do we have to get rid of our phone books too? Do they have menus in them? <laughs> well, you know? and, and so the question then becomes, uh, down, uh, to what end, to what point? Well, one of the things I was thinking about, so okay, yes, you're gonna get, get, you have to get rid of menus now, but you all have chalkboards that you write on. Yeah. Could you, based on this ruling from what I read, you could make a list of local area restaurants and have actually, their websites? Actually, it probably could be interpreted, and that's one of the, the that's one of the issues here is that even though you know you hear from some that it's oh yeah now everything's in black and white no now there's so much more up to interpretation okay mm -hmm. yep. so basically what what the stat what the uh, what the ruling says is that we cannot coordinate at all with any okay. food vendors okay. including restaurants food trucks and what have you okay. so I would think that putting something like that out there or up there um, would would be tantamount to coordination. Okay. So that'd be coordination. So you okay. would be, yeah, I mean, because you can't have every single restaurant in the entire county, you know, right. so you have to, you have to, so somehow, okay, well, why did you list them and not the others? You okay. know, that type gotcha. of thing. I mean, that's probably even closer in coordination than just having leaflet advertising leaflet, sitting right. out. But now, if, now you guys are all Main Street, Main Street breweries, and you have restaurants within throwing distance. Sure. But if, if I'm on a, if I don't have, if I own a brewery that doesn't have a restaurant right there, but a food truck just pulls up and sits out front of my street, that's okay. Based well, on what we know today. Well, I mean, again, there's new, there's new rules in there. It means it's bigger, it's a wider gray area. Okay. Uh, it's almost to the point where, can I put a sign up on my wall stating that according to the law we cannot offer any menus that's open to interpretation too right you know with that i literally i went and talked to the pizza place which is two doors down from me i gave him the menus that were in my brewery i gave it back to him i guarantee by the end of tonight they'll be back at my brewery so i'll give it back to him that's how dumb this is right, right. i'm seesawing his his menus back and forth because there's a there's a ruling in place that I can't have menus. Right. But to your question about the food trucks, right now my interpretation of the law is that the food trucks cannot be on premise or where you, where your where your license is. Okay. So if this food truck has a license in in the township or the municipality it is, and they park out in the parking lot, but it's not your license. Have at it. Have at it. Right. Have at it. I didn't. I didn't authorize him. Right. He just came in. He has. He has a license in town to do it. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. And 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 Megan, to your point earlier, it, it it's ridiculous because I have a cell phone. Yeah. You know, with with anything I want to have and and bring and, it in. And and to a larger point. Like, what do you what do you want to not happen? Do you not want people to eat sometimes when they drink? I mean, what message is this sending overall? I mean, we happen to have two great restaurants right by us here. You know, a brick oven pizza, sushi. People love coming in. And, you know, and it's it's just hey, you know, you know, it's it's right there. Um, can bring it in, what have you. That that that's absolutely fine. We don't want to necessarily send a message saying, "Hey, you know, just because you walk through a brewery, you can't eat." Because mm -hmm. what, you know, you take that to its logical conclusion, 
and uh, you know you can apply that to a winery you can apply that to a distillery and you take that to its logical conclusion and I would I would gander to say that that that's a dangerous conclusion well that was always the thing about the law originally in 2012 where it was basically just no food right correct so but meanwhile you go to the, the certification training and one of the first things is always Food with beer, well, <laughs> with alcohol. It's very out of sync with our neighboring states too. So in Pennsylvania, New York, they their laws determined that you must serve some food in order to have tastings on premise, which I don't really understand why New Jerseyans metabolize alcohol differently than Pennsylvanians or New Yorkers. But We're tough in Jersey, <laughs> Megan. You know. We're tough. Yeah, we don't need food. We don't need We're sticking food. We're liquid. Liquid food. Liquid I can love Pennsylvania. Do I get a pass? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You have to show your birth certificate and you get a little food. By the way, thanks for uh, the mess here. Gratuitously offered yes. as I sip my beer as per <laughs> the law. Liter- we literally got peanuts. That's what we got. So, yeah. Well, thank you for the peanuts. That, that is, that's the one thing that they did concede that you guys now can have peanuts snacks, right? It, you can serve snacks at the bar, whether you give them away or sell them. Bag of chips. And, uh, but that's not a, I mean, you know, from a businessman's perspective, that's, that's a nominal thing. It's um, a hassle. It, yeah, <laughs> right. Um, I know, I you can know, go to the restaurant store and order. And I think it's a lot of us, a lot of us didn't, you know, one of the other arguments is that, well, why don't you just buy, you know, a regular brewery's, you know, why don't you buy a regular, uh, uh, class 33 liquor license and then buy an additional brewery license which is actually called a restricted brewery license um, two issues with that okay number one <laughs> a lot of us don't want to have a kitchen I don't want to I don't want to have a food oh, I'm not interested in that I, most, I'm of, a most of the breweries I've talked to in the podcast not one of them have said in New Jersey right. yes I want to right, I want right. to have a kitchen I want to serve you know and, and the thing is even if Number two, you, you know, when you are a restricted brewery, you can't distribute out. So I can't send my kegs to local bars and restaurants to, you know, I can't, you know, I, I can't sell my, uh, you know, eventually when we do can, sending that out to, to liquor stores, you are completely restricted on that. I love Iron Hill, but Iron Hill is, you can have it oh, with in, the full in the liquor, place. With the full liquor yes, license. That's correct. Okay. Right. So, okay. so, you know, you cannot get Iron Hill beer without going into Iron Hill. You cannot go outside they can't or go to another bar. That, they, that's, they're pushing for it, though. Right. Okay. But they can't. They can. and, and, and the thing is, so that's where that argument falls apart. Okay. Okay. So, with... The liquor license thing, I always look, and Dan, you and I spoke about this, where I can see both sides of that argument, right? So just to play devil's advocate, if I owned a restaurant down the street and I had a liquor license and I call and I spent half a million, three quarters of a million, whatever they're going for, whatever the going rate is now, the, re- the restaurants and bars, I can see a bit of them trying to protect their investment, right? What, one of the things that this state has always been is archaic with the liquor licenses. Yes. Where I always get the feeling that the and I, and I, I get what the restaurants are trying to do and I get what they're what they're trying to protect, but trying to beat up breweries where they don't do it to wineries, right? 
it, it's almost like putting a band-aid on a gaping on a gaping wound that does nothing to address it. Okay. So I hear that argument and I and I absolutely understand where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. But it's really an apples to cantaloupes comparison. Okay. So, and, and we'll go through this in several parts. Let's take the argument where they haven't wanted it yet, which is into the numbers. The only number that they keep putting forward is we spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on our liquor license. Sometimes. And sometimes. And that's repeated over and over again. Firstly, we're talking about a state level. So at the state level, the license that a bar and restaurant has is about $7,000, which is middling. In the United States, these licenses range from about three hundred dollars to 14000 in California being the most expensive. Okay. So state level to state level, our license is not that much cheaper. It's the municipalities themselves that set the cost of the license. So I, at one point, was actually considering the group hub model, and I saw there's a liquor license available in Gloucester City for $33,000. Well, much of our equipment far exceeds the cost of that liquor license, but then I don't have that liquor license to leverage my operations against. I don't have that as an asset of my company. Mm -hmm. So if I should go under, I don't then have a liquor license that I can turn around and sell. I'm effectively leasing my license to brew beer from the state on an annual basis. And then I have my equipment, which is depreciating, versus a liquor license, which will then appreciate in value frequently. The other reason that this is not such a great comparison is that in the United States, craft beer accounts for 12% of beer sales. So when you hold a liquor license, I could sell anything non-alcoholic, spirits, wine, beer. Mm -hmm. Let's just move into, forget the spirits and wine, just into beer. Craft beer being 12% of the sales. And when you break down that 12% of the sales, you're still factoring in the granddaddies of craft, like Sam Adams, uh, New Belgium, Sierra Nevada. So by the time you're getting down into my per barrel production for the state of New Jersey, and we did the math on my business partner, Rich, he's a nuclear physicist, so he knows how to boil water and he certainly knows how to crunch his numbers. We account for 0.125% of barrel production in New Jersey. The Newark Budweiser plant is 38,000 times our size in terms of production. So really, when you're looking at preserving the value of a liquor license, to hit the nanobreweries, the microbreweries, our craft breweries, is to go into these extremely, extremely fine areas and then try to make an argument that because they're buying a beer in our tap room, they're not buying one off of their taps. However, to buy a beer in our tap room is to engage directly with our brand, which mm-hmm. then will sell it off of those taps mm-hmm. when we distribute to the bars and restaurants. So, I, you know, they have not produced any cogent economic data to say that we are in any way eroding the value of these licenses. Right, okay. okay. My, my whole thing is with the liquor licenses is that and that and that's the main reason on why this is all coming down. Mm-hmm. Because money is where it's at. They're talking, putting it putting a chirp in the ear and they they feel that this new concept of the brewery, the new model, that folks are liking the concept where they can come to a brewery, have a couple beers, 
hang out, not feel obligated to leave because they're getting waited on by a waitress and you're taking up her table and she's losing money out on it. We don't have that here at a brewery. This is a whole new culture and people are starting to like that where they can actually pick the food that they want. Now now remember, this is the the laws that they put in place. We didn't put that in place. It's an important point. Everything that is done, they did They did it upon themselves. 1947, the Bar and Restaurant Association lobbied for and won the right to base liquor licenses on population. Yep. I mean, it's, <laughs> you, I, I read all the, you know, I've been reading a lot of the comments on social media and stuff. And, and the one is like, why are they afraid of these small entities that only can serve their beer, don't have food, they're only open till 10 o'clock, and you have the option to sell anybody's beer in any con- in any any state. You can serve wine, you can serve liquor, you can serve food, you can have events, and you're afraid of the breweries. And be open seven nights a week. Correct. Frequently, we're not open. Listen, we're manufacturers you, you too. We still have to go to work. Mm-hmm. If you can't make, make your money up on the, the money that you spent on your liquor license, right. you might want to check yourself. <laughs> well, so is it just total perception? Right. And to your point about, and we do this all the time, we will go on a Saturday or a Sunday and sit in a brewery for two or three hours. Yeah. Easy. Yep. No problem. I don't go, I can't tell you the last time I was in a bar, sitting in a bar for two or three hours. So when the restaurant owner walks by the brewery, especially on a weekend or even right now, it's it's Friday night. I mean, it's a decent crowd, right? And if, if that restaurant bar is not as crowded, and they're walking by, the perception it would be they'll go to in their head, oh, these people should be sitting in my bar. These people are sitting in a brewery, and they should be sitting in my bar. I judged the turnover about 33 an hour. I went around. I literally sat in before we opened to even figure out how are we going to do this and work into my business plan. I went to a number of breweries. I counted how many people on average turned over in an hour. And on the busiest times, and I went, you know, all the way down from Vineland, all the way up into North Jersey, and the average was 33 an hour. That would kill a bar. You cannot turn only 33 patrons right. in an hour. And, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll put it bluntly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel, I feel that, you know, we should have the right, just like any other business, to attract customers and have them have a great experience, mm-hmm. you know? Um, every other state is doing it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is not every yeah. mistake, but well, most. But the majority, are, thankfully, well, the ones that are around New Jersey. Well, and especially draconian. Well, there are a couple. Of I will say the quote unquote progressive states, right. <laughs> of which New Jersey is supposed to be. I'm sorry, but um, yeah, you know. So we should have the ability. I mean, this is, yeah. But this is this is not. This is what we've been dealing with all week, mm-hmm. and I know that these guys understand this. You know, everybody wants to separate into their little political tribes and go, this is a this is a Democratic versus Republican, this is a liberal versus conservative issue. It's not. This is about the free market. This is the free market at its best. Okay? So, you know, yes, are we Marcus are we market disruptors? Perhaps. Mm-hmm. And you need that. But sometimes the market gets disrupted mm-hmm. uh, because people 
realize that they want something, I'm not going to say better, even though I think that in terms of, you know, I'm a little biased, that, you know, I think that our beer being fresh, made local, I think the concepts that, let's, let's put it this way, people want, people want something fresh, they want something local, they identify with it, they identify with their local brewery, and then, you know, it attracts people from outside of the area who love, just like visiting local wineries, like visiting local breweries, hit three or four at a time, and yeah, you know, it, it's, so we should have the right to be able to attract customers. Um, you know, there's a reason why Blockbuster Video is out of business. <laughs> right. You know, it, it, it's, it's, you know, the market moved, the market evolved. And I, I think that, um, and I think that there's, what I don't hear at all is the attention to that particular thing, mm-hmm. which is, this is what the customers want. It's, we're not, you know, right. if breweries were not popular, if wineries weren't popular, if distilleries weren't popular, they wouldn't exist. Well, <laughs> you know what? They would go out of business very quickly. Yeah. But that's what, and I think that that is the argument that's being missed here. And uh, I think that whatever your government is, they can't get in the way of what your, your customer likes and what they want. And what they want is something different. They want, they don't want necessarily, I mean, there are a lot of people, listen, you know, and we can go through the numbers, but, you know, we're talking 11, 12% of the entire population drink craft beer, and a very much smaller percent actually drink local craft beer that's not, you know, so we're talking about minuscule numbers here, Mm -hmm. but it's enough for us, and I'm looking at the three, you know, the, the three brewery owners around this table, can make a living, can make a business doing something that we love. And what's wrong with that? Actually, we're growing. We're growing to the extent that we're applauding numbers. Like, we finally got 11, 12% to drink craft beer. Right. And then we got 35% of those to appreciate the local craft. And those are pumped up numbers for us. But actually, I know it's your role to ask the questions, but I'm kind of curious from my other brewery owners, to what extent do you feel that your customer and the craft beer drinker has imported what they expect us to be for us then to meet what a brewery should be. Like, to, to what extent are we trying to meet this organic expectation of what a craft brewery should provide in terms of engagement and events and activities? Well, I'll, I'll tell you that, uh, you know, I get, I probably get uh, at least, I can't even tell you, uh, five, you know, five to 10 calls a day from musicians, from local musicians, local businesses, uh, you know, in the community who want to host events, who want to play at, at, at you know, Death of the Fox, yep. who have, uh, you know, they, and this is small, to me, this is small business helping out yep. small business, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. This is how organic business growth happens. And, you know, to me, that, that's a sacred and beautiful thing. I'm yep. sorry, I, you know, it's, it's, and I love helping out other, you know, whether you're an artist, whether you are, you know, starting up a, yeah, starting up something that, that you know, we we have uh, we have a night where we we bring in psychics and uh, astrologers and and the place is packed. They love it, you know. They, and they have the venue here, and it's great. Like, you know, and because they're it, not going to do it at a bar, right? Right. 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 Not, it, the stigma is it's too up in the air for that stu- that sure. entry level stuff to happen. And, and but yoga. It's, 
yoga. Yeah, so of course. Have that I mean, so, you know, we no, can go down the we're, list. We're, but we're heading down a path that we haven't really talked about yet, which is the fact that you guys now you're all have been doing events. Very yes, proudly. proudly. Very proudly. Yeah, proudly. Very proudly. And part Which of we this, have the right to have. Right. Now, part of this new ruling is that you are now limited to 25 right. a year. And there's a process to go through now to get it to get it approved. Is a, there was an e-form yeah. or something? No, there's not. It's, it's an email. It's an email. Okay. Yeah. E-notification is an email. Okay. See, now, my whole problem with that is, this might be a side note, we have to tell them through e-notification slash email that what we're what we want to give them so they can approve it. Why can't we just use the email for my current pricing list rather than me mailing <laughs> it out? The Correct? CPO. I'm a, you right, know what I'm going right. to do? I'm going to send my I'm going to send my price list to the yeah. event email and send it to them to see what happens. So here's my question, right? So are there 88 breweries and 24 more in planning? We've got 25 events each. The ABC is going to process 2,500 new emails in a timely manner to let us even do the, the what I we're bet, allowed? I bet you now, the folks do you don't even to, know. Do you have to... Well, you have to get an approval? Yes. yes. You have to get an approval. Yes. You have to get a yes. With no, the security plan some, now. I've heard mixed things. I've heard we have and then we haven't. No, it, I've heard, there's, I have there's not a, heard it There's definitive. a six-month time frame that's going to basically be the trial run that's going to lead them to legislation. So whatever we put in, whatever works or whatever doesn't work, we'll eventually form the legislation. I okay. love the security plan that we have to have now. So the two provisions, one that we are all TIP certified, which I think we all were anyway. Oh, that's yeah, always been there. Yeah. And then we have a security plan, which... I mean, isn't that just our tip certification that we're going to be checking everybody's ID like we do every right. night anyway? Do they need to know? Like, I took a little jujitsu. Like, is that? <laughs> do I have to tell them that? I don't know. Nice. What, for yoga? What's my security plan for yoga? <laughs> so my, my my biggest, I guess my biggest uh, concern, just from a business owner perspective, on the uh, the restriction to twenty five events is this. And I know Megan uh, as well, like, you know, and you can join in, please. But, you know, there's something called momentum in business. Okay. So we have established over the last few months a Sunday night karaoke. They used to have it at a coffee house. We are a coffee house and we're also a brewer. Okay. We happen to be the only in the state. But we're a coffee house. We're very, you know, just kind of open and... And people, and 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 uh, people can have both, you know. And some people, not all people like, you know, drinking beer, and that they, they kind of like coming here. So our Sunday night karaoke nights have, have become quite a hit. Uh, you know, we, we have forty to fifty people probably coming between six and nine o'clock on Sunday nights. A lot of them are awesome singers. They blow me away every week, and I get up there too and ham it up, you know. And it's it's just a great time. My point is this, is that, you know what, people know that every Sunday night, there's karaoke at Death of the Fox. They don't need to check a schedule, they don't need to go to online, they don't need, oh, well, is it the first or second Sunday, or maybe it's the third Sunday every every third week, or this or that, you know? They just know it, and it, it just provides, and, and you build momentum through that. Oh, if you miss a week, everybody thinks you're not going to do it right, anymore, right, and then right, you get exactly. 20 calls, you missed a week, what happened? And then the following week, nobody shows nobody up. Nobody shows up, right. and then it takes weeks again to build it back so up. So what this special it's not, rolling... They knew it was going right. to break it. What this special rolling does is that it actually completely breaks that momentum mm-hmm. to the point where... 
And I think it's purposeful. Yeah, I think it's purposeful. I think that, you know, there's a reason why. So we can't do that anymore. And people are going to be like, well, look. Uh, well, is it going to be the first of the month, the second of the month? Because there's, you know, and then suddenly it becomes a bigger problem because we have got these 25 events. How are we as as brewers, as business owners, going to be able to determine which 25 events are the most profitable for our business? If we have an event that's a bust or whatever it is, then suddenly, you know what? We're out of luck. We've used right. one of our precious golden tickets, right. and this is one of the this is one of the things that I think is the unintended consequences. Is that you know we do not have a crystal ball. <laughs> oh, our business is so seasonal. Yeah, it's very seasonal. And or maybe the Eagles are winning, or mm-hmm. you know, there's just but, no but way that, to. But that's my whole thing. Like you now, you have to pick and choose on what you're going to do, who you're going to represent. And the breweries, whether they're small, medium, or large, whether they take you in or not, is kind of an entry level. So, like, the breweries, directly and indirectly, are helping all the businesses out. Mm-hmm. You know, well, and, and, whether and, it's a, you know, so small, small yoga mu- place that's just getting started. Right, musicians yeah. right. have gigs what? every month. Or a Genshin Sip with our like, local graphic design I, I seriously don't a, think they think this night? way when they do no. it. It's they, the state does not think this way when they when like there's going to be a lot of ramifications that are going on in the next yeah. two weeks. The other night we had a sketch and sip. So uh, some friends on a graphic design studio they said, well, what if we pay for all of the art supplies and we pay some models and they come, they pose. Um, you know, they, they did a couple different poses and then people sat and sketched and drank a beer, which, I mean, I guess this is an event, but really it's people with sketch pads and pencils and it's warming seats. I couldn't imagine a bar ever doing wow. this. Oh. And it turned into something incredible. I was not expecting it. I thought, you know, a lot of people come, they'll, they'll draw our models. But what wound up happening was this tremendous collaboration because a community of professional illustrators and graphic designers showed up, and then hobbyists, and then just lay people came to draw the models. And so what wound up happening were these amazing impromptu lessons in art and perspective and it became something very organic in the tap room but again it was it was hours of the same people in the same seats mm-hmm. and I can't really say that I sold any more beer but something really incredible happened with this community that came into the brewery for the very first yeah, time you're mixing cultures. we've never been a hub for artists yeah. and graphic designers we actually got left a really cool piece of graffiti if you look at it on Instagram so I'm really <laughs> thrilled about that um, but it was you don't know. You don't know what are these spur of the moment, unexpected things are, that are going to happen. But that's why I think people love breweries, is because these unexpected things can be fostered. Well, now I sent an email out today to a bunch of other breweries that I knew weren't going to be here, trying to solicit some comments. And I'm not name. I won't name any names. What I'm seeing is there are. I used to. I used to think that the levels of breweries were determined by. You know, barrelage, how long they've been around, their distribution models. But I'm also beginning to realize that there is another level of that community involvement and just the general 
um, number of events that are happening because a good number of breweries have came back to me and said, you know what, this really isn't going to affect me. Yeah. I don't do that many events to begin with. You know, I can play by these rules. Well, but, but now what I'm hearing, and, and you know, and you know, good on them. That's you know, they're doing their thing, and and they can live within this new bucket, this new ruling. Where though I'm hearing from you guys a very different, whether it was the same business model, but you tackled community and involvement very differently, and are thinking beyond that. You know, okay, I'm a brewery, but you're also thinking about the local musicians, the local artist groups. These two grasped the the craft beer culture through their tap rooms, which is phenomenal. I don't really have that in mind. Okay. And one of the reasons why is because I have a bar restaurant, which is right down from me, who does not particularly like breweries. So if I was ever to have an event or any type of inkling that... I was having something that I was acting as a bar or restaurant. She's whistleblowing. Okay. So we decided <laughs> to follow the rules. So in a sense, the rules are in my favor right now because now I can really, you know, say, hey, listen, state approved it. I can go have Goodman Fisk at my, uh, at right. my, uh, at my uh, brewery right now. But I'm going to go back because I totally understand what these guys created, mm-hmm. and that's eventually what I want to have. Like, we're eventually going to move out of our spot, and we're going to we'll move into a new location. Which Did is you go at the firehouse? The firehouse, right. Excellent. So it's going, oh, to be, cool. it's going to be more eventful. So, so, so that's cool, what's yeah. going to happen. Nice. You know, if these rules are in place, what's the point of me moving into the firehouse other than because I have more, I can get bigger equipment in there. But people like going to breweries because it's an experience. Mm-hmm. It's an experience. They don't get it far. Just like a winery. You know, it's, and, and that's, my other, that's my other point. Is like, why is the stink going on on the, on the breweries right now and not the wineries, distilleries, and cider? Well, how many are there? Well, here's the, the, the wineries are big. No, in Boston County, where we are right now, apparently there, there is over a dozen wineries. Apparently, in the County. license on the wineries falls on their agriculture, so, so ABC doesn't hit them that much. Here's my issue with that. You know, and I'm not going to knock the wineries. They certainly are growing vines. They are producing agriculture. But when you go into a vineyard and they have 12, 14 varietals that come from different grapes, no, they are not growing Sauvignon and Zinfandel grapes and Pinot Grigio grapes. California. They're importing the grapes as much and fermenting through a process of yeast fermentation just, just like, as much as like we do. malts. You know, I mean, a lot of our malts come from the, you know, from the from the Midwest. You our, our hops come yeah. from the, you know, Pacific Northwest. And um, how much of our ingredients, though, are local? local. We support as much local agriculture. Right. Mm-hmm. We had a farmer plant acreage of hops, chucking, you know, N Star Farm in Malika Hill. Of course. We both get our hops from what? Ten I, minutes? Fifteen minutes away? Right. Two episodes of the podcast in the last month for me. I was at the fur farm when they did a hop harvest, and yeah. just two weeks ago, I was at Jug Handle when they made the brew. When they Plus, made the brew. My Plus, my honey comes from a beekeeper. <laughs> right. Right here, where we use local malts. So we are also supporting New Jersey agriculture. Rabbit Hill, mm-hmm. shout out. Yeah. So, uh, so yep. and so basically, the other thing is really important is that we're all about sustainability. So we all of our spent grains go to local farmers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, go to local, uh, you know, cattle and and livestock, and you know that's important. So we're giving back mm-hmm. and. 
you know, they, they, they get it. I had my guy come in today collecting probably about 500 pounds of grain. And he said all the news this week was heartbreaking to him as a farmer and as a and, and, and he said well what can I do to help the situation because you guys are helping us thrive mm-hmm. yeah. and so, so the, I, I, I think that point is really being missed as well so how can people help the situation so well, the most important thing is, well, if you haven't signed the petition, go to rudeindependent.org. I'll have it on the show okay. notes. Okay. Yeah. So sign the petition. That's the first step, though. The, the more important step is contact your local uh, your local municipalities, number one. Yep. Let your mayor know about it. Okay. Tell him that you're disturbed, even if the brewery doesn't exist in your in your town. But just let them know how important Jersey Fresh Crab Brew is. And also, let your legislature know. You're local, and it's very easy to look up. You can just go to, go to a, a simple website, look up who your local legislators, who your assemblymen and senators are in your district, write them letters, and every letter matters. You know, I don't want people to think that this is an uphill battle. Every time I have had a conversation, local, county, state level, it has been nothing but a receptive and productive conversation. Our local municipality, Pittman itself, has passed a resolution in support of the breweries. That resolution was used as a model for East Greenwich, Deptford, Woolwich, Mantua. The the resolution is is taking off because the municipalities themselves are supporting their local business. Our Chamber of Commerce has written a letter in support. Gloucester County Chamber of Commerce is writing a letter of support. Our mayor wrote a letter of support. All the Gloucester County mayors have now written a letter of support as a unit. So these are not conversations that are contentious. These are conversations to open minds and open ears, which is what makes them even more important that they're had. And and the thing about it is, is seriously, you know, New Jersey needs to not only wake up in terms of understanding how organic, you know, businesses that are started by entrepreneurs that are, you know, you need to be able to, you know, the, the state needs to understand the value of that. And when they look at other states, you know, we don't exist in a vacuum in New Jersey. We look at Pennsylvania, we look at Delaware, we look at New York, just as our bordering states. Look at what they are doing versus what we have done. What we have done, which is destro- potentially destroyed, you know, a, a an industry that has so much potential. I almost and, wonder. And you need to understand what motives are behind that. And I will ask your listeners to question those motives. I almost wonder if it was intentional that Pennsylvania put out this amazingly well-produced video declaring September Craft Beer Month with the Governor Tom Wolf drinking beers at craft breweries. It was an incredible video. Everybody should go out and check it out because you want to talk about a timely counterpoint. (laughs) 
So. And they're raising taxes and alcohol, so that's why I wonder. He's decided to do it too. Are any of us arguing against paying our taxes? Right. No, no, no. <laughs> we pay them anyway. No, no, no. But and, my, and, my, my whole point is that whoever's making a stink about this whole thing, they have to figure it out and get us involved. Because there's a lot of bars and restaurants that are willing to accept craft beer. They're wide open. They, on. they, they well, have I, dedicated. They have dedicated taps. There's a, there's a new, uh, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna. It, can I do a plug? Go ahead. Okay. So the mile that just opened up in Brunnemi, which is uh-huh. my hometown where I grew up. Okay. They own New Jersey craft beer in terms of like saying they just opened up over the last month, and they are saying that they're at least you know. Ten of their taps are going to be New Jersey craft. There are a lot of restaurants and bars that are doing this because that's what customers are asking for. That's right. Okay. Absolutely. So, so the mile is 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 basically saying, hey, you know, we're an extension of this great, you know, movement of, of, of not only it's not only that New Jersey is making beer, but we're making great beer. Yep. You know, we're making really good beer. And I think New Jersey also has to understand that they're losing investment. So a good friend of mine, he owns several bars uh, and restaurants right here in our local area. And he opened a craft brewery with some investors and some friends, and he opened it in Philadelphia. He did not open his brewery in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Even though he is licensed, he's a multiple license holder in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And that's the scary thing, because yeah. you don't want really, you know, you, you don't want talented people, you know, people that are moving out, out of the state because it's a hostile environment. So, so I ask our legislators just to consider that. So to piggyback on something you said earlier, Dan, I'm getting the vibe that there are either multiple, even in beer, forget, forget the brewery, I'm sorry, forget the restaurants, forget big beer. I'm getting the feeling that there are multiple desires within the craft beer industry, and they're not all being vocalized. And what could happen, what can happen, so that everybody's getting heard? Because I'm getting the feeling now today that that's not happening. Well, everyone's not being heard, and there are different breweries with different, slightly different models, and not everybody is at the table. Well, your big ones, your big ones that... So here's what's going to happen. And I read the 16 pages. One of the biggest things that I was worried about was the three-tier system. If that was ever going to fall into play, I was like, oh, man. If that was ever to fall into play, I'm out of business. Right. Yeah, that's my, well, my business model is built on a three-tier system. And there's one not other one. Not on a three-tier system. Right. Self-distributing. Self-distributing. There's one other one that I was worried about seeing that did not happen was a distribution like requirements. requirements. So, I mean, the state a- really opened the conversation with that. Let's just say, that's like putting the nuclear option on the table first and then saying, let's talk. Right. But, you know, to to address your point, what we saw come out in the 16 pages was a one-size-fits-all solution when, you know, I think we've really well established between the three of us, there's not one size that fits all. And so at the same time, if you want to go back to the, the top, the point about the liquor licenses, the liquor licenses are municipally controlled. I, I really think that the control needs to be handed back to the municipalities who are most intimately familiar with their business districts, what's best for their economic development, what they need as an 
economic development engine mm-hmm. to then restrict and control what's going on within their municipality. And I, I wouldn't ask for anything else um, because at the local level, if a bar or a restaurant is having trouble with a brewery, they could go to the people who are right there and know the community and we have interaction with on a day-to-day basis to determine in a home rule state what's best for them. That's good. Yeah, that's a good idea. Like, you know, have, have more control in the city rather than, than the state. Right. And because... No matter what happens, is it's 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 more involved closer than it is abroad. Right, right. And and I'll, and I'll go back to you know the whole the whole thing. Like your your bigger guys that are self distributing, they're laying low right now. You know that's that's what they do. They have other models and stuff. But you know they they will agree with us on, on a smaller end because they remember where they came from too. Right. You know they, they yep. came back in 2012. They did they did capitalize on on their tasting rooms. That's how they got bigger. Mm-hmm. And that's what I hope that everybody else is going to do to make New Jersey you know an awesome place for beer and to put it on the map. Because we're still young in this crap area, well, yeah. which is we only got 11, 12 percent. We got like eight, nine million people around still, this area. What are we? 40, uh, 45th in the nation. Yeah, right. San Diego County itself has more breweries than the New what, Jersey. What is New Jersey worried about right, right. now? That's that's, yeah. that's a few years. We're still like, were we, were we still number one per capita in, in wealth? I'm not certain. Yeah, I mean, we're we're, 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 there. we're, we're not there. a wealthy state. To, to your point. I don't want to make it sound like we're ungrateful to the big guys. A lot of these guys, and you have to understand what brew culture is in New Jersey, a lot of these guys mentored us and brought us up. Absolutely. Yep. And so we owe some of the, the yep. I mean, the granddaddy is a craft beer. Let's just face it. The work that they had done to get the 2012 law passed yep. allows yep. us to yep. be here. We're in no way saying that we won any kind of advantage and we recognize the work and the groundwork that they laid to to make New Jersey beer culture what it is and thank them. You know, and, and I, th- I think the bottom line is this, is that a lot of these laws are handled at the municipal level, the local level, okay? And you know what, there are... You know what? There are progressive communities and there are conservative communities and there are dry communities and there are dry communities that see an opportunity like like Pittman. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we have all kind. you know, if, 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 if New Jersey doesn't lack in anything, it's municipalities. Yes. I mean, you know, we have, you know. You know, I, I can't wait for a brewery to open up in Hainella. But, you know. but, but that's that's another good point. Is that one of the other parts of the rules is that we can have twelve off-premise events. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that we can have. Now here's the, here's the, here's the caveat to that. You actually have to get permits and ordinances from your municipality. Then you submit that to the state for approval. They're you, they're probably pretty much going to approve it if your municipality is going to approve it. Right. So, but if your municipality but approves it anyway. Here's my thing. That's how it should be anyway. Right. So just let the that, that happens. I mean, yeah. I'm excited for that because all right, cool. I can basically have my own beer fest now. Well, right. and that's great. But here's the thing. To me, that that that's a nice that that's that's a nice uh, you know. Probably that's the exception to the rule, as I say. 
the rule is this, what we do every week, what we do, you know, on a weekly basis, on a day-to-day basis, makes a difference, much more of a difference in our business versus the odd festival. But some really are helped by the extension of premise events. Like, I know Flying Fish really wanted that because off their premise, they have the parking lot, they have the grounds, they're in an industrial park. However, that doesn't help us at all because our business ends at our front door and we go on to a main street sidewalk. So, like I said, there are things that are helpful, there are things that are not, and it it depends on which brewery. And it's not The 25 and the 12 for you don't add up to 37. It's not, that's not value. If I could cash them in, I'd like to cash in some for others. It's not a one size fits all. Chuck's doing... If he's doing a Sunday event every Sunday, it's well, that's what two I was Sundays. Ask. How many events do you have? You have you have the karaoke every yeah, Sunday. Right. How many other events during the week? So on a yearly basis, just ballpark, how many oh, events do you man. have? I, I, you know what? Again, we have all kinds of like community events. We have you know nonprofits. We have fundraisers. He's probably we have doing twelve bands. to fifteen a month at mm-hmm. least. Oh, at right. least, you know, in terms, we usually have a band at least once a, once a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, you know, you know, a lot of times it's just one or two guys with an acoustic guitar or or a lady. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And 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 that's 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 okay. Like. Most coffee houses have that. It's every every you know, night. Every uh, night. Bookstores have that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, you know there. So I guess the the biggest concern that I have is that we have, you know, we have created these community spaces, and we should be able to, we should be able to do what we need to do in terms of uh, drawing in customers and making our customers have a great experience. Because here's the thing, it's not just about a product anymore, okay? If you're just creating a product without giving your customer an experience and in terms of like giving them a reason to love your brand, then that is something that, that, you know, that is all part of the equation. That is old economy versus new economy stuff, okay? So I raised this point in a discussion and uh, I explained, you know, and I tried to I tried to explain it in the clearest terms that I could that like, I've taken, I don't know if anybody's taken their kids to the Crayola factory mm-hmm. where they yeah. have the Crayola factory experience and here's a brand providing an experience to engage with the customer and they understand that they need more than just showing how the crayons are made. They need to engage in a way that is fun, eventful, and then emotionally brands too. I tried explaining this to somebody within the state, and they looked at me and they go, but that's crayons and this is beer, which was to date my favorite mansplaining that I've ever gotten. No. <laughs> I didn't know that. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so so are, you, are you optimistic that this is going to change, or are you, are you optimistic or pessimistic? I, I, I feel optimistic. I feel like we we have the public support. I mean, I think there was a just recently. I just checked this morning. New Jersey one one point five just did an online poll. I think like ninety five percent of people were opposed to the special ruling. You know, yeah. and uh, you know, people with an interest in the game in the old game, I'm sure will will be against it. But I think you know what. As I, as I said earlier, let's let's let the customer determine 
what they want to do. And you know what? There's plenty of room for bars and restaurants. They're not going away. I love going to my corner bar. And you know what? Every now and then, I like enjoying a Miller High Life. And hey, you know what? Even though, even though, even though I'm a craft brewer, there's a time and a place for everything. (laughs) You know what? You know, so so it's not. We're not. We're not trying to replace you, dude. You know, (laughs) never. We're just. We're just trying to gain equity. You know, where the rest of the, where most of the rest of the country is, (laughs) and we should not be putting ourselves as at at a disadvantage at all, because there's this concept of beverage tourism. Yeah. Which is people go, they go to a state, and they're like, okay, what's going on? People like to go around, they like to visit wineries, breweries, and things like that. And we should be able to give our customers, whether we're pulling them in from out of state or they, they live right down, right, right in, this, in our community, a great experience. And that's what this is about. Thank you, Megan. Thank you, Dan. And thank you, Chuck. Now, like I mentioned earlier, not everyone holds the same opinions. A few breweries I emailed with said their business will not be affected by these rules. Some didn't do a lot of events anyway. Some even said that they were happy with the rules as they now give them better clarity around what they can and can't do legally. As of this morning, I saw an NJ.com article with a good number of state officials that have taken notice and are looking at the regulations. Governor Murphy's office issued a statement that said, and I quote, Governor Murphy is concerned about the unintended consequences as a result of the Division of Alcoholic Beverage Control's special ruling and has directed his team to review all options to alleviate unnecessary burdens on our state's craft breweries, end quote. So as you can see, this story is far from over. One thing that all the breweries did agree on is what beer consumers in the state can do going forward. And I think Nick from Last Wave Brewing in Point Pleasant put it very well, and I'm going to quote him, quote, I'd say take a close look at the actual ruling so everyone can understand the core of the issue. Talk to your local brewers and elected officials to really understand what's happening and try to avoid some of the more extreme things being said online from both sides. It's important to understand what brewery fans want. Just understand that the antiquated liquor laws in New Jersey make this a complicated issue compared to other states. We know that it's hard to get everything you want in one ruling or law. So customers should advocate for what they want to see, but be respectful and understanding of people on the opposing side of an issue. And remember that this is just the beginning and that we're going to continue to work with the ABC to get NJ Breweries to a place where everyone can be proud of our community and enjoy it. End quote. So talk to your local government officials, email them, write letters, get your voice heard, visit and talk to the breweries, support the breweries, buy their beer have open discussions with people around the issues. If you'd like, fill out the petition, www.broodindependent.org, and I'll put it in the show notes. As always, check out the blog at overbeers.beer. Please leave a rating for the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps. You can also leave a comment at the blog or send me an email. I'd love to hear your thoughts and ideas for the show. Email address, cheers at santefoto.com. We've got an Instagram account going. I haven't been doing a great job, but I'll promise I'll try to do more. It's at overbeerspod. I'm Freddie Clark, and I'm going to go have a beer. Yes, I know it's a Saturday morning. Don't judge me. I'll be back real soon with more conversations over beers.